0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Heath Armstrong, and this is another fantastic, figgity-funkity episode of the Archpreneur Now podcast. I am excited that you are here today. I am actually on the road traveling, doing editing
1: mobile for the first time. So, if I sound a little bit different, I do apologize. I've got my pups in here with me. If they make a little noises, they're kind of lazy. They're kind of just laying around on the bed right now, but all in good fun. Got to get things done on the road. Got to get things done on the run, and I am pumped that you are here listening. Whoever you are, wherever you may be, whatever you may be creating, you have found this podcast again, and it's such an amazing, amazing staple in my life to get to talk to these creative entrepreneurs all over the world. Doing Unbelievable Things, so thank you for listening. This is episode 66, Insanity, and I've got an amazing guest. He's an artist uh, currently residing in British Columbia, and he, he is the primetime example of how you can have a day job and create on the side. He's figured it out. He's gone through podcasting and, and learned so much from it in general, just like me, and he figured out how to self-publish some eBooks and get that going uh, to get his artwork out on the internet to show people what he's capable of doing to make some sales, to print, to print artwork on the back of laptops or cell phone cases, whatever it may be. And he does this all while working full-time as a gardener. He's, he's into all sorts of different creativity outlets like poetry, photography, and of course creating artwork of all different uh, shapes, sizes, and kinds. Some really, really cool garden stuff uh, that, that he's put out there, so just Sit back, relax, and, and get ready to get a little bit funky with me and my guest, Alan John Hewitt. And once again, all the show notes artsynow.com forward slash 66. And
0: here we go. Come on, everybody. Let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody. Let me hear that sticky, sticky, rickety, diggity beat. Yeah. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Well, I wanna get funky. Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, I do. I do. Well, then get on with your bad selves. Yeah. the little little fronts and if they do you better hippity hop on your creative bicycle and turn those ears front and center because our guest today is bringing down the house with his creativity and imagination he's painting he's doing poetry music Art, photography, he's keeping it surreal one stroke at a time, all the way from British Columbia, a skidamarinkity dinkity dink, a skidamarinkity doo Alan John Hewitt, you are the entrepreneur now, what is going on my friend?
2: Hey, thank you sir, that was fantastic, I'm doing well, there's sunshine over here on the east west coast, and it's a beautiful morning, how are you doing?
1: fantastic you've got my creative mind flowing already because your uh, skype standalone picture there is actually a piece of artwork that i'm guessing you did and it's taking me on a ride man oh thank you it's the the blue and white face with the split background i guess it's kind of like a shadow and the blue sky in the background but th- those are the ones that i was talking to you similarly about in the pre-chat those those faces that you made
2: yeah i love that sort of work that digital work is um it's Nice stuff to do. it's very smooth, it's very slick and, uh, very modern as you say
1: yeah. I would. and you definitely you seem to be in, in involved in all sorts of stuff so you you're an artist who has really diddled in in i mean like we we said in the intro there you've done painting poetry, music, art. you publish these ebooks that include kind of all of that, and then I've noticed on some of your sites that you can even have your stuff printed on you know laptop, iPhone cases, and things like that. And, and you've got these amazing sculptures that you've worked on, just kind of creative, in <laughs> every different aspect you can imagine out there in your garden. Which, when they're surrounded by all those flowers and everything, it's obviously one of the most beautiful things we can ever be around. So, I guess first, Alan, like, where where did all this start? What was the first thing that you remembered kind of creating as a kid? Do you do you have a memory of what what one of the first things you started creating was? Um,
2: poetry. Yeah. Yeah. uh, My one of my uh, I think my grade three teacher told me once that I would be what a great little poet you are, and I've always thought I've always kept. Well, she told me that, and shortly after that, I think I stopped doing it because uh, I probably got harassed by some kids or something like that. But it's always been in the back of my mind. And then when I was in my teenagers, I wrote a little bit more. In my early twenties, I started writing more, and when I came to Canada, I really started writing a hell of a lot because I had to. I was writing at home, but I was also feeling a lot more emotional, being far from, being far away from home and all this stuff. So I kept writing and writing and writing, and now I write basically every day. I write a new poem every day and post it on my website.
1: Yeah, wow. So you're probably feeling some kind of creative need that you have every day to do that. I I do something every day that's creative as well, and it just kind of keeps the fuel to the fire. But where are you originally from?
2: Um, Brisbane, Australia.
1: Nice. You came all the way over.
2: Yes. uh, I've been in Canada for 24 years now, and I was in Brisbane for 27 years. So I don't know if I'm Australian or I'm Canadian. I'm half a mix between the two now.
1: <laughs> well, you you definitely get the different seasons up there in BC. And, and of course, the scenery is just fantastic, and the lakes up there. There's nothing better to be around um, if you're a nature type of person, which I take it you are.
2: Well, I'm outdoors every day. I'm up, I work my day job, um, despite what I do, is uh, being a gardener. And so I'm outdoors all year round. And I have, what, I don't know, about 10 different properties or so to look after. Some are. Uh, cheap commercial properties, which I hate, and then there's these high end properties that look over that look over the water and the mountains down there, and the deer wandering through the property, and the old mansion type buildings and stuff like that. You know, hundred year old buildings with three hundred year old oak tree oak trees and stuff like that. So it's you know, it's a beautiful place to to work.
1: Yeah, to work and to fist pump and
2: create and well, bring the influence. Yeah, well, what I do at work because my job is so, uh, it's, although I'm in a beautiful location, the work itself, the work itself becomes uh, boring in one sense. Yeah, it's just for picking up leaves is not a very thoughtful job. Um, so I plug into the internet and listen to lectures all day on history and philosophy and science and art and you and interviews and all different types of stuff. You know, all over the. And that so it's great stuff so the internet is a wonderful thing
1: yeah it's amazing you can the amount of information you can consume doing other things even if you're not fully concentrating on what is playing in the background i mean i do it all the time i'll put them on and i might be working on something and focusing on that but with those interviews and with those podcasts and history or whatever may be happening in the background your mind is is building off that i mean it's learning and you'll pick up bits and pieces that you'll remember later in the day or you know, maybe the next week that you can apply back to life and continue to improve and bring that creativity uh, in, in every way that you possibly can.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, that's why I have my own publishing company, it Was was because I listened to podcasts and the people I listened to on the podcast convinced me that I could do it. So I went and did it, you know. So, with no experience whatsoever, I set up my own publishing company and I published my own books.
1: Yeah, amazing. So, how many books do you have out now?
2: I have three books. Um, now I published in the last, uh, let's say, the last year, and I probably got another three on the go. But prior to being there, the e-books. Prior to that, I produced about five P- PDF books, mm-hmm. and then prior to that, uh, well, I don't know,
1: a few more. So you, you, when you when you make these books, you're obviously kind of incorporating your poetry and your photography and your art into them? And are they are they kind of like picture books with poetry in them, or how, how would you describe them?
2: Well, they're, yeah, they're picture books with poetry. Um, the poetry, the new stuff I'm writing anyway, it doesn't have a beginning and it doesn't have an end. So they're just like these a list that you can open any page up and you'll see the poetry. You can read it from top to bottom or from bottom to top. It doesn't really matter which way you read it. Um, they're also... The images are from my own cameras, uh, my drawings, my paintings, all pictures of my sculptures. And uh, then I also composed the music for them as well. So the last book has three new pieces of
1: music that I composed. How awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so you're really yeah, like, going to dive like, into it. why' would be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, right? So, I mean, that kind of inspires me because most of the people that I've talked to, artists – You know, they could be multi creatives. And a lot of the times, I I think you're the first one that has actually just published, you know, these kind of amazing um, summaries of your work all into one and into these books. And so a lot of them are, are obviously putting their paintings out there or putting maybe their poetry, if they do that, out there. Uh, and trying to make a little money on the side, because, as artists, obviously it's hard and it's it's extremely hard to make a living doing just that, which is why we a lot of us have day jobs like you and I do and and that's pretty cool that you that you're doing that, and maybe that'll inspire some of these other listeners to get out there Because like, you said you didn't know how to do it, and just from listening to podcasts, you got the inspiration to go out there and do it which which is a pretty amazing thing,
2: yeah, considering I work two uh I have two uh, two jobs. <laughs> Yeah, so I had one full-time job, one part-time job, and then I had this publishing job. It's so, <laughs> not oh, actually a job, the publishing is more like a dream. It's my retirement job, actually. <laughs> so that's, my, that's what I'm aiming for, you know, just slowly growing it, very slowly. You know, I'm getting more and more people likes like me, but sales have to improve there a little bit.
1: But, so. Yeah, well, you can't, you know, it, I, I try to stress to people that you can't just expect to jump 100% into what you want to do full time. I mean, you have to build it slowly on the side, but you should always frame your mindset to think, okay, I have this day job. It might not be what I want to be doing with my time all the time, but it's my money hustle and it allows me to support this other hobby on the side, which eventually is something I want to build up enough that I can go after it full time. And that's kind of what we're doing. And and it's just, it's, it's so satisfying once you taste even a little bit of it. You know, it, you make that one sale, or you get that one book published, and you look back and you're like, "Wow!" You know, I w- I thought two months ago there was no way in hell I could ever make or self publish this book, and I just did it, and so it kind of kind of lights you up inside, right?
2: Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a great feeling to be uh, to own your own publishing business. I mean, wow, yeah. it's <laughs> a dream come true.
1: How do you? With with this full time side job, and then you have this or full time job, and then you have this side job, and then you're doing this amazing stuff on the side. How do you manage all that into your schedule? Like, what's a typical day like for you?
2: Um, I'm up at five thirty, and then I, uh, after making breakfast and lunches for the day, I sit on the computer here and work on uh, mainly marketing in the morning, writing poetry on Twitter, Facebook, so forth like that, answering emails. Maybe doing a little bit of work, creativity, depending on if there's a little bit how much time I have before I have to leave the house. Yeah, And then I go off to my, do my day job and I come home. And at nighttime after dinner <laughs> is when I spend uh, – I don't watch TV. So that's where I get all my cre- um, creativity done. And the way I – because I've been working at my art for so many years now, um, I can do it relatively quickly. It's almost like a formula now I have, and I just – Pump it out really quickly, and I, I don't I don't spend weeks and weeks and weeks on one piece of art. I usually do two or three new drawings or that a night if I wanted to, you know, or write a new piece of poetry. Making music's the same way. I don't make m- music in a traditional sense. Um, I just go upstairs and press the re- repress the record button and just uh, play my uh, keyboard which has 500 different channels yeah so the idea is um with music uh instead of playing learning everybody else's songs i just learn one song which is how i am feeling deep inside and then i express it 500 different ways through the all the different um well through all the different um, channels on the on the keyboard so uh that's what I do, and I record it, and then I make something, to and then I edit it, and whatever.
1: So, by, by doing all of this every day, literally, you're taking these baby steps every day. But if you keep doing it and you're consistent about it, it's pretty amazing how much it builds up. And I, I really wanted to stress on when you said you come home, and after dinner, you don't watch TV, <laughs> <laughs> which is huge, right? Because I, I gave that I did the exact same thing here, we got rid of cable, and ever since. I, I mean, I, I immediately read, like, 20 books in, like, a month and a half or something ridiculous like that because mm-hmm. I didn't have the TV. And I, and you realize immediately how much – you look back and think about all the times you watch TV. What did you gain from any of it? And it's really nothing. <laughs> no, not much. Unless you're watching, like, history documentaries or something where you you learn – I don't remember anything I've watched on TV really other than like maybe some sports games that were spectacular, which I do still enjoy. But when I think back at those books I read, I mean, they have been an anchor for propelling me in a different direction in life where, you know, I'll I'll learn something drastic and apply it. And then it's amazing what it can do. So I love the fact that you said that because it's it just I can't stress simplifying life enough.
2: Yeah. It, well, it wasn't an easy Switch, you know, because I was just like everybody else watching TV. And I had this hobby when I first came to Canada that I wanted to be a maker, I wanted to become a professional artist. But once I got here, I realized that the talents that I had were, uh, weren't good enough. So I went back to the drawing board and started teaching myself. And one of the things I, I came up against this war was, well, I want to do all this stuff, but you uh, know, the TV's on, the TV's on, the TV is on. It kept pulling me away. So one day I just said, I looked at my life and I divided the, the day up, the 24-hour day up, and I had to do what I had to do. And then at the end of the day, there was this big block of time, say from 6 o'clock to midnight or whatever, that was being consumed by television. And I thought, well, what if I just start eliminating one TV show a week and then and pick up my sketchbook from there and see what happens? Well, one week, one how one show went the next show went and eventually they all went <laughs> so and then i was left just making art the whole time
1: <laughs> how awesome man like you backward engineered that habit you know yeah. and yeah. we i use this tool called lift it's an app i don't know if you've heard of it i think the full name is lift up but if if you want to check it out you can go to lift.do and i had the creative director for the company on this show also her name was aaron fry and I, it's it's unbelievable how much these habits that you can put into place will become an unconscious part of your mind, and then you'll learn how to do – like, not watching TV, you did it – you watched – you said, what, six hours a night, and then you slowly started cutting out TV shows to the point where you weren't watching at all. Yeah. And, and these habits, I mean – like it literally allows you to put your habits in that you want to gain and then it keeps a running track and gives you rewards and stuff for making, you know, 5 days in a row, 10 days in a row. And there's a community of people on there that'll be like, "Hey, you know, good job." But as you do that, you'll get to a point and I don't know, it's different for everybody, but maybe it takes 30 days, maybe it takes 40 days, but it'll become kind of like brushing your teeth, you know, when you're a kid how it just became an unconscious habit. You just do it, and you don't even think about it. And, and when you build those habits that are actually going to benefit you, it's, it's like life changing. I mean, it's like fireworks, you know, it blows up. So,
2: yeah, it drives my wife insane because I'm always doing making art because I don't do anything <laughs> else. If I'm, not, um, if I'm not working in the garden outside or doing something around the house, then I'm at my computer or I'm with sketchbook or making something, you know, it drives <laughs> it. As well, why do you have to make so much art? Well, do anything else
1: (laughs) that's exact that's so funny man I'm on the same page like I get she Lindsay's always like you know you're always doing this and I actually got really bad about it to where I had to sit down and analyze my entire schedule and say okay these are all the things I do throughout the week and then I had to plan it out so I kind of stretched it out over two weeks to clear up time where I could just disconnect completely and you know, hang out with her and do some things around the house or whatever we needed to do, because I got so addicted, you know, like, <laughs> but it's hard to explain, but you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's, Oh yeah. I'm, I'm there for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, your, your artwork's amazing, man. And I, I, I stress everybody to check it out. I, I think you're, you're on what's, what's your main site. And then you're also on, um, the site that I was just on that started with an N.
2: Modern net publishing.
1: Um, um, i yeah, Never. so you're on modern. You're on modernnetpublishing.ca. That's your site. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then there's a site to, is it uh, no- uh New Go? Van? No, no, it's called New Van Gogh. Oh, yeah, New Van Gogh. Okay, I got it now. That makes a lot of sense. New um,
2: Van That's a gallery where you can purchase my artwork and have it downloaded onto your phone or your laptop or whatever. It's a neat little job they do. It's been one of my, uh, as a business owner, you know, to get my. Stuff uh, globally, it's been one of those uh, roadblocks. Because I'm, as a business person, you think, "Well, how do you get a global distribution system up right?" Yeah. When all you have time for is the creative side of it. So uh, this company, this company, New Van Gogh they well, they do all the printing and the thing for you. It costs you, but it's worth it, though I think. So you know, it takes they take all the
1: headache away. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, there's. A, I've actually had some guests on this show. The founder of Art Square, and then the uh, the founder of Art Socket, and they're doing some similar things. They're providing these services to where you, like artists or photographers, can put up their artwork, and then they'll actually print it, send it out, and spread it throughout the world. And then the other one literally was making it so that they would connect photographers and artists together so that the photographer could take high-quality photos of the person's artwork, and then together it could be printed and shipped out to somebody who was interested in it. Yeah. So the services are pretty amazing. Yeah,
2: my idea was um, to use uh, printers around the world. Say, <clears throat> excuse me, let's say you wanted to buy a, a canvas from me. So instead of buying the original, what i do is send the file to the closest printer who can print on canvas to you, then you can just walk down the street and pick it up or they can just go deliver it to you. you know? Yeah. So that it's simple.
1: would be genius. <laughs> yeah.
2: So you get and because there's all, um, these printers are all around the world, then you have a global network. Yeah. You know? But organizing that, um, organizing that takes a lot of time and I just don't have the time to do it. So this new company new Van Gogh, takes care of all that for me, I guess.
1: Yeah. Serves serves the need there, so that would be very cool. I mean, think about being able to open an app and have it do that for you, or being able to connect with other people and just know immediately you can go down the street and have this printed on a canvas. I mean, that's yeah. You're you're just gonna have to, you know, stop eating breakfast and dinner and work on that, man. <laughs> 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 Why not? So, yeah, if you if you. You know, when you were growing up, do you, do you remember having any particular creative influences? And if like, you could spend a little bit of that time creating something with any of those influencers uh, or anybody else, who do you think it would be and what do you think you would create?
2: Um, when I grew up, there wasn't much influence at all. Um, the arts in Brisbane, Australia, when I was growing up, was pretty small. And so the influence came from Europe with in books and everything. And I, first, I think the first person that I saw that really blew my mind was a Salvador Dali painting. And since then, I've always been a fan of his. Me too. Um, but since I've uh since I went on the discovery of art history, and there's so many brilliant artists throughout history, and uh, I would like to make a sculpture with michelangelo i would like to do a painting with salvador dali yeah i'd like to make a robot with ray Kurzweil. (laughs) and i would like to write poetry with lord byron and make music with john lennon and sculpt with rodin
1: man could you imagine (laughs) yeah what that better be I mean, the story of being able to do all that at once would just be viral in itself. Yes. I I was going to say, I love Salvador Dali, and uh, I think my favorite one is The Temptation of St. Anthony. Oh,
2: yeah, I love that painting. It's fantastic.
1: I mean, I just... I've had it on my wallpaper on my computer so many times, and I, like, rotate things out. Right now, I've just got a giant picture of the Redwood Forest because I'm envisioning, you know, the West Coast, which I love but I might have to put it back now that we brought that up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, he's a great fan. I always love, with Dali, I could never quite, un- I could never understand what he is, you know, the metaphors he is talking about, but, um, but I love the way that he was able to uh, uh, make his imagination so vividly real, you know? Oh, like yeah. that realism, and it's like, whoa, I think that's real, you yeah. know, I can go in there and touch that guy, they that seem so real, you know? They don't—they look like paintings. They look like they're photographs, almost. He paints so beautifully. Technically, he's a great painter.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I mean, he's brilliant. I mean, like, I don't know. The, one of the styles that I love the most. He—he's capitalized on it 100. So, uh, I had another artist on this show who had mentioned him as their favorite artist as well, and I can't remember who it was. Uh, but do do you think it? I know you say you create all the time when you're not eating dinner or working your day job. Do you ever hit that creative block? It doesn't sound to me like you do. It sounds to me like you have so many different outlets as far as music, poetry. You can just skip from one to the other. Uh, but have you ever experienced that in the past, hitting a creative block?
2: Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> If I did, it probably ain't lasted about three seconds or something like that. But yeah, uh,
1: so why why do you think that is?
2: Um, one is because I have so many ideas and so many different skill sets, and I don't believe in. Uh, well, I guess it's a political idea or theory. Uh, we have this right of freedom of expression mm-hmm. in this country, as you do mm-hmm. in your country. So I use that. <laughs> you know, I express myself as much as I can Without, you know, within the rules of the law Without hurting anybody And I also believe that uh, creativity uh, Everybody has it It's just that um, people just As one great Canadian artist said It's just that everybody else gives up
1: Yeah, that's true So don't give up, right? Well, yeah,
2: don't give
1: up. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think the best advice you would have for somebody else who's creative, who's younger maybe and wants to, isn't necessarily capitalizing on what they could do, creativity? What What do you think you would tell them?
2: <laughs> well, that depends what they want to do, really. Um, uh, well, I mean, the only thing you can do is, is actually, there's two ways of creativity. One, you need the skill sets, right? To make it, to make your creativity come alive. Mm-hmm. So that's learning all the, the fundamentals of art or whatever it is, the creativity. And then B, um, don't. This might sound counterintuitive, but don't, don't listen to other artists. Just listen to everything else but art. <laughs> And then take all that broad mind out widely and deeply, not so much deeply, but very wide. And then it'll give you a much wider palette to work with, with your own skill sets.
1: Yeah, brilliant. I agree. I definitely agree. So what do you think the best creative advice you ever received was? (laughs) From who? (laughs) From anybody. (laughs) Do you ever remember anybody in particular? I know when you moved to the British Columbia, it might have been later when you decided that you wanted to create fully, but I think throughout our lives, there's always one or two moments where somebody tells us something that kind of latches onto our brains forever. Do you remember any of those incidents or did you experience any of those?
2: Well, I guess throughout my life, uh, people have uh, told me uh, who have seen my work and, and complete strangers have seen it. So not just, Family friends who have seen it and have been wowed by it. And so when you hear that over and over again, you think, yeah, you know, you're doing something good, you know, you're on your way to doing the right thing. So my suggestion would be try to wow people with your creativity.
1: Yeah. Be different, you know, be yourself. Well, being yourself is the hardest
2: thing. You have to let go of everybody else, cause what other people think of you. And that's been, that was a battle that I think a lot of people deal with. And the way I dealt with it was uh, it took a long time. Is so I came up with this idea. I, I tried to imagine myself um, on a ferry boat going across a lake, and halfway it's just me and the ferry boat driver. And halfway across the lake, we hit we crash into something and we start to sink. Well, I, the ferryman is dying, he has a heart attack, and then I'm about the abandoned ship, and just as about the abandoned ship. I hear, Alan, help, and I turn around, and there is everybody I know in the world behind me, from my family down to the acquaintance of, to the guy who cuts my hair. Mm. And there's a, list, there's a whole bunch of people there. You know? And then as the boat's sinking, I realize that they're all padlocked up together, right? They're, they're chained there, there, and I have the only key. Now, the question is, who do I save as the boat sinks? And as the boat is seeking, I go through the list. I make out those less who will I save, right? Mm-hmm. And then I get to the point where I say, well, where would I be on this other person's boat, right? So I try to imagine my, all these people and then reverse the role, where would I be sitting in their boat, you know? And you realize after you get out of your inner circle of family and very, very close friends, nobody really cares about you. So that much, you know, you're just just a a person they know. They don't care about you. So therefore, if they don't care about you in reality, then what do they care about what you think? So therefore, that gives you the freedom to say what you want because nobody cares.
1: (laughs) That's pretty powerful, man. I like envision that all the way through. You're a good storyteller. Well, thank you, sir. So you put that into your writing as well, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I really couldn't. Yeah,
2: I mean this idea that we have to do stuff for other pe- to please other people is ridiculous. We just gotta please ourselves. Yeah, you you know, have to love end-
1: yourself, it's the first step. Yeah, and
2: at the end of the life you gotta say, well, you know, I could have done this, but instead I did this, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. True. Well, Alan, if you had to battle Godzilla Dun 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 yeah. how do you think you would use your Creativity or your talents to defeat that big, crazy, ugly British Columbian hating bastard?
2: <laughs> <Very nice. laughs> well, I've been thinking about this question because I know you asked your other guests the same question. And I figure that what nobody's asked or thought about is that Godzilla, if he's a male, all he is is horny. So I would have the Japanese build a <laughs> giant female um godzilla put the f- pheromones in there and then just walk that puppy right back to an island safely where they can live the whole life out in peace
1: <laughs> he wouldn't know what to do I yeah he'd really start blowing fire out of his mouth in wouldn't he well
2: I, yeah i just don't like to kill anything so i don't think killing godzilla would be a good thing to do <laughs> <In those laughs> case my karma
1: yeah, I get a lot. I, I've had a lot of guests on that are in the same boat as far as, you know, some of them will take the first stab at murdering him immediately. And then others will be like, you know, I would like to turn him into a friend or use him for good or, you know, give him something that makes him happy so that he doesn't have to destroy the world. And yeah, and I even had a Beth Sistrunk on. She told me that her her husband was very adamant about telling her that in the new Godzilla film, he was actually good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there you go. See? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a misunderstood lizard, that's all. Yeah.
1: Well, do you do you do any readings? Do you have any favorite books that you think could be of value to the listeners? Uh well, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Too much time writing yourself, huh? <laughs>
2: no, well, um well, I read a whole bunch of different books. Um But I found one book that I think my life uh, is following. My well my work life anyway, that you might be interested in. It's called The Divine Comedy by dante and uh i think my working life in the first part of my working life for the first six years i was in hell and then from age 20 to now i'll be in purgatory and now i can see the rings of heaven just over the horizon glowing in the distance yeah
1: so i'll have to put that in the show notes and all this will be listed on artsynow.com and you can check that out and I really appreciate having you on, man. It's been a blast. Like I'm, I'm honored to have got to know you and looked at your artwork, and, and I, I'm definitely going to keep up with you, so don't be a stranger. We'll have to keep in touch. And maybe in the future, once you get some more of this rock and roll, we can have you back on again. I'd love to. Know. Yeah. How can our listeners find you or get in contact with you?
2: Um, well, I'm on Facebook, and I'm on, uh, on my website, I guess, modernnedpublishing.ca
1: cool and we'll we'll link to your facebook and, and the website on the show notes as well so everybody take some advice you know live your life the way that you want to live it don't you don't have to please everybody else you don't have to do what everybody else wants you to do uh, you you can fist pump all day long knowing that you're doing exactly what you were here on this earth to create to thrive remember surrender to your passion and break the rules and first you got to break the rulers, right, Alan?
2: That's right, Matt.
1: Yeah, man. And, and thank you so much for being the newer now. And always remember to keep it funky, man. Hey, always, brother. Always, brother.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the newer now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at... Create at artsynow.com
1: or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music, well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out, Ventura, California.
0: Ta ta! Keep it funky.